Hello, and welcome to the That Was Weird podcast, a podcast where we talk about how weird it is to be a human. I'm your host, Rachel Kleist, and this is episode four. You might be asking yourself, how many times are you going to name the the number of the episode? And the answer to that is, for as long as it continues to feel right, and it still feels right, so I'm going to do it. We are four episodes in, which is wild to think that we've spent over a month together now in this weird podcast world. But, you know, it's been so fun to be out in the wild and have people give me podcast episode ideas, which thank you. Please keep them coming. At some point, I'm going to run out of things and I'm going to need your help. But I've been adding notes to my notes app in my phone and I'm really excited about the episodes that will be coming over the next few months. Speaking of episodes, if you did talk to me this week I and you said, hey, what's the episode this week? And I told you a topic. Um, I, I do have to say, unfortunately, I changed my mind this morning. So that topic will be coming, but it isn't for today. I realized that I couldn't pass up the opportunity to be extremely topical on this Sunday. If you don't know, today is the holiest of days for some. No, it's not the Sabbath. I mean, it is. But more importantly, it is Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, I've just been reflecting on my experience with the Super Bowl, and I am not a football fan by any means. But for some reason, every Super Bowl, I celebrate it in some way, shape, or form. I either attend a Super Bowl party, I watch from my home, I pay attention to the score of the game, I participate in the commercials and the halftime show. It's almost like I feel like I have to. You know what I mean? You walk into stores right now and there's giant Super Bowl displays. It's just like we treat this day as Americans as, as I mean, it really feels like a holiday. And guys, that's super weird. It's a sport. It's just a sport. But we all have like family gatherings and friend gatherings and well, you'll learn this, but it is actually uh, Americans consume the most food on the Super Bowl, like second behind Thanksgiving Day, which is arguably a day where you're just meant to eat. The Super Bowl follows direct, directly behind that, an actual national holiday. So today's episode is about the Super Bowl. Let's get into it. We can't talk about the Super Bowl without first understanding where football came from. So the history of American football can be traced to early versions of rugby and association football, which association football is just what we call soccer. Both games have their origin in multiple varieties of football played in the UK in the mid-19th century, in which a football is kicked at a goal or kicked over a line, which in turn were based on the varieties of English public school football games descending from medieval ball games. American football resulted from several major divergences from association football and rugby. Most notably, the rule changes were instituted by Walter Camp, a Yale University athlete and coach who is considered to be the father of American football. Thank you, Walter. Among these important changes were the introduction of the line of scrimmage, of down and distance rules, and of the legalization of forward pass and blocking. The popularity of college football grew as it became the dominant version of the sport in the U.S. for the first half of the 20th century, 
Bowl games, a college football tradition, attracted a national audience for college teams. Boosted by fierce rivalries and colorful traditions, college football still holds widespread appeal in the U.S. today. It should come as no surprise to you by now that I don't ever know what I'm talking about, but for the longest time, I thought that college football was popular because NFL was so popular, but it's actually the other way around. College football helped, I mean, really helped create professional football as we know it. So the origin of professional football can be traced back to 1892 with Pudge Heffelfinger's $500 contract to play in a game for the AAA against the Pittsburgh Athletic Club. In 1920, the American Professional Football Association was formed. The modern era of American football can be considered to have begun after the 1932 NFL playoff game, which was the first indoor championship game since 1902, and the first American football game to refeature hash marks, forward passes anywhere behind the line of scrimmage, and the movement of the goalposts back to the goal line. Other innovations to occur immediately after 1932 were the interdiction of the AP poll in 1934, the tapering of the ends of the football in 1934, the awarding of the first Heisman Trophy in 1935, the first NFL draft in 1936, and the first televised game in 1939. Another important event was the American football game at the 1932 Summer Olympics, which combined with a similar demonstration game at 1933 World's Fair, led to the first college all-star game. In 1934, which in turn was an important date for the growth of professional football in the U.S., American football's explosion in popularity during the second half of the 20th century can be traced back to the 1958 NFL championship game, a contest that has been dubbed the greatest game ever played. A rival league to the NFL, the American Football League, AFL, began play in 1960. The pressure it put on the senior league led to a merger between the two leagues and the creation of the Super Bowl, which has become the most watched television event in the U.S. on an annual basis. And that leads us into our very, very special and important topic today, the Super Bowl. Okay, so I worked as a communications director for several years and we were at, we were, I mean, I worked at a church and we obviously have church on Sundays. And so for several years when the Super Bowl was happening, we would want to acknowledge the fact that the Super Bowl was happening, but they actually have a trademark on the word Super Bowl. So if you're in marketing, you cannot use the term Super Bowl unless you're licensed to do so. So for example, that's why you often see in marketing materials or commercials or things like that where people are not licensed to use the term Super Bowl, you'll see things like the big game or other generic terms. Um, I just think that's a fun fact. But that was when when I came across that. I remember we did a marketing campaign. We had the word Super Bowl, and then we became alerted to the fact we were unable to use that word. I just was like, "Wow, what a weird thing to do!" Like you, you've you've you know monetized this and trademarked this term to a point where even like small little churches can't use the word because it's that important and. Uh, so yeah, that was the first time that I thought, wow, the Super Bowl is super weird. And uh, so let's learn the origins of it. 
The Super Bowl is the annual league championship game of the National Football League of the United States. It has served as the final game of every NFL season since 1966, replacing the NFL championship game. The Superdome in New Orleans has hosted more Super Bowls than any other venue with its next chapter scheduled for Super Bowl 59 in 2025. Since 2022, the game is played on the second Sunday in February. Okay, this is really interesting. I was reading, this is calendar dates and when the Super Bowl is played. So uh, prior Super Bowls were played on Sundays in early January from 1967 to 78, late January from 79 to 2003, and the first Sunday of February from 04 to 2021. And now we play it on the, or we, now they play it on the second Sunday in February. Winning teams are awarded the Vince Lombardi Trophy named after the coach who won the first two Super Bowls. Because the NFL restricts use of its Super Bowl trademark, ding, 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 it is frequently referred to as the big game or other generic terms by non-sponsoring corporations. The day the game is played is often referred to as Super Bowl Sunday or simply Super Sunday. And again, this is where I was like alerted to the fact that we treat this day like it's a holiday. The game was created as part of a 1966 merger agreement between the NFL and the competing American Football League to have their best teams compete for a championship. It was originally called the AFL-NFL World Championship Game, which rolls right off the tongue, until the Super Bowl moniker was adopted in 1969 Super Bowl III. The first four Super Bowls from 67 to 70 were played before the merger, with the NFL and AFL each winning two. After the merger in 1970, the 10 AFL teams and three of the NFL teams formed the American Football Conference, while the remaining 13 NFL teams formed the National Football Conference. All games since 1971's Super Bowl V have been played between the best team from each of the two conferences, with the NFC leading the AFC 27-26 to 26 in wins, which I guess we'll see today if that changes. The Super Bowl is among the world's most watched single sporting events and frequently commands the largest audience among all American broadcasts during the year. It is second only to the UEFA Champions League final as the most watched annual club sporting event worldwide and the seven most watched broadcasts in American television history are Super Bowls. Commercial airtime during the Super Bowl broadcast is the most expensive of the year because of the high viewership, leading to companies regularly developing their most expensive advertisements for the broadcast and commercial viewership becoming an integral part of the event. The Super Bowl is also the second largest event for American food consumption behind Thanksgiving dinner. So that is the origin of the Super Bowl. And I just can't get over the fact that Americans consume so much food at the Super Bowl. But if you think about the food that we're consuming, it's just, I mean, it's chicken wings and nachos and Fritos for some reason come to mind, Cheetos any of the O foods. Uh, I guess some people do like lavish barbecuing, burgers, hot dogs. I mean, just the worst of the worst food. That's what's funny too, is like we consume the most food, but it's like disgusting. The most like, you know, if you think of Americans and what they eat, like go to a Super Bowl party and that stereotype is going to come true for you. So, all right. The Super Bowl also has a lot of fun things attached to it. First off, I know that I 
watch the Super Bowl for the commercials and the halftime show. Those are just fun. They bring in viewers because we're already watching anyways. We might as well have some entertainment. I know that I'm the type of person that I have no idea what's happening in the game, except for maybe I'm paying attention a little bit because I'm playing squares. And then other than that, I'm just waiting for the halftime show where I come running in, watch the halftime show, and immediately go somewhere else for the rest of the game. This Super Bowl in particular is pretty fun because we have the addition of Taylor Swift. And I don't know if you've been on the internet at all, but we also have the addition of football conspiracy theories, which both to me are pretty awful, but also kind of fun. So let's get into these a little bit. I am not a Swifty by any sense of the word, but I do find all of this Taylor Swift stuff so interesting. So two weeks ago, after the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens and secured their place in the big game, fans immediately checked Swift's era's tour schedule only to find she'll be in Tokyo the night before her boyfriend, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, hits the turf. After much fretting and an assist from the West Wing, fans rested assured that she would, could make it back in time to watch her beau potentially win the Super Bowl. Unless you've truly been living under a rock you would know that Taylor Swift dating Travis Kelsey has dominated the news and has actually made more people watch recent Chiefs games um, than in history, truly. People are watching the football game to see if they see Taylor Swift on the screen for, I think I saw a stat where she was on screen for the entire game. It was a three-hour game. She was on for 15 seconds, and that was all people were talking about was that she was at the game. It's wild. But the thing about Taylor Swift being involved now in football is that a ton of conspiracy theorists have come out, and this is my bread and butter. One of the conspiracy theories is the Super Bowl logo color scheme conspiracy theory, which is quite a mouthful. But for the past few NFL seasons, football fanatics have dialed in on a theory that says the logo for the Super Bowl predicts which teams will go head-to-head -head in the big game based on what colors make up the image. The Super Bowl color scheme theory picked up steam in November 2023 when the Super Bowl 2024 logo was revealed. Eagle-eyed football fans noticed that the previous two logos had colors that were representative of the eventual main matchup and thought this one might hold predictive powers as well. The color scheme phenomena doesn't go further back, however, because logos in the immediately preceding years had been identical, with just the numbers changed. In 2022, which saw the Bengals against the Rams, was the first Super Bowl to incorporate the new logo. It featured silhouettes of palm trees against a yellow and orange-hued background. Creepy. Fortunately, or maybe unfortunately for us, the conspiracy theory did not hold true this year. The teams left in the race to Super Bowl 2024 at the time of this article that I'm reading are the Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore Ravens, Detroit Lions, and San Francisco 49ers. If the logo color scheme theory stands true, the Ravens of the AFC and the 49ers of the NFC will face off in the big game and keep the color scheme theory alive. So as of today, February 11th, the day of the Super Bowl, we now know that color scheme theory is debunked. Okay, back to Taylor Swift. I know you missed her. So some people accuse the NFL of orchestrating the relationship 
between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey in order to increase viewership and grow its audience among young female fans. Not to mention, Kelsey jerseys are selling at an exponential rate, up 400% since Swift's first game day appearance. Ticket sales for Chiefs games both home and away skyrocketed. Not to mention, it's just been in the news. Like, you cannot get away from the images of Taylor Swift cheering on her football boyfriend. But this was just the beginning of the conspiracy theories. There have been charges that the NFL is creating a loosely scripted reality show, much like WWE, as long as the games end in the agreed-upon outcome. In one conference championship pre-game conspiracy theory, the NFL wanted Swift's Chiefs and Eminem's Detroit Lions to meet in the Super Bowl to heighten interest even more. Of course, this theory did fall apart when the Lions lost to the 49ers. Then there's the betting lines on NFL games and the referee crews assigned to each game. The Detroit Free Press expressed concern over the officiating crew assigned to the NFC Championship. Could the officiating crews help carry out the script? As with any conspiracy theory, the thing that makes them popular is that they're fun to theorize about. But ultimately, I don't think the NFL is scripted. I mean, if it is, good on them. Uh, I mean, it's a game after all, so who knows? But from what I can see, there's no incentive to actually uh, script the NFL in any way or have certain teams win over other teams. But truly, it is just another fun element to the Super Bowl and, again, makes the Super Bowl so freaking weird. All right. Well, grab your friends and family, turn on the TV, open up that bag of Doritos, stuff your face with a hot dog, Fill your squares box and hope to win a little bit of money. And I hope you have the best Super Bowl ever.